the hard shoulder. All new stock. With the all new Nissan Juke. The coupe crossover by Nissan. Nissan. Innovation that excites. You're very welcome back to the hard shoulder. Now it is that time of the week on a Thursday when Tom Dunn joins us to talk about the week in music. First up, we'll take a listen to this. Don't get stuck in the past. Say your favourite things at mass. Tell your mother that you love her. I go out of your way for others. Sit beneath the light that suits you. And look forward to a brighter future. Life ain't always empty. Life ain't always empty. Life ain't always empty. Life ain't always Tom empty. Fontaine's DC, why are we playing it? Uh, playing it because on uh, during the week it was announced they've been nominated for a Grammy Award, which is really big news. Yeah. They're in the same category as The Strokes and Sturgill Simpson and Grace Potter and Michael Kiwanuka. So it's a really big shot in the arm because the Grammys are a huge award ceremony in America, uh, probably their biggest one for music. And in the past, it's made people like U2, the big huge names, U2, the Cranberries and Enya. So for still a very much young and emerging band from Dublin to get a nod for it is really brilliant and really valuable to them as well because they released that album earlier in the year, having gone to enormous lengths to, to follow up on the debut album quite quickly and grab momentum and run with it. They then found themselves uh, closed down by COVID-19. It went to number two in the UK, which is amazing again. Um, but they weren't in a position to capitalise on that and tour it and try and get out there. So this award, the Grammys aren't until the 31st of January. So it'll keep them in the public eye. Who knows? Maybe they might even win it. And then that will give them a launching pad into 2021, which I'm sure is an absolute shot in the arm. Yeah. And they must be over the moon. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, they must garner attention from all over the world with a Grammy nod. Yeah, it, it's still worth its weight in gold. I sometimes go on about them because th- sometimes there are so many different categories. Uh, you, you just wonder, you know, I, I think though they try and make it very inclusive. But this is one of the big categories. It's best rock album. So it's not one of those categories that they make just to keep certain people uh, in jobs or anything like that. It's a really <laughs> big category. Um, so, you know, it's a good one. And yeah, it's a big ceremony and... It's going to put them up shoulder to shoulder with all the big names, Taylor Swift, Beyonce, they'll all be part of the Grammys. Who knows what world we live in by January 31st. Will there be an audience at it? God knows. But if there is, they could be backstage. Taylor Swift, who knows? Wow, that's absolutely brilliant. Look, and fair play to them, Fontaine's uh, DC. Uh, let's take a listen to your album of the week. The Cribs Night Network. Tell us about it, Tom. Um, it's their eighth album, and whilst it is a brilliant album, and it's produced by the Foo Fighters, David Grohl, and he invited them at his expense to go to his studio uh, to record this because he heard they were in trouble, and they are indeed in trouble. They were uh, into a situation with their record company, where the record company was uh, fighting them over ownership of the back catalogue, and and it really knocked the wind out of their sails, and they weren't interested in making music. And this story got to Dave's ears. And they've said, why not come over to L.A. and record in my studio? So they did. And I have to say, it's the best album of their career. It's really brilliant. Um, they are a guitar band, but there's times when it's much closer to Fleet Foxes at a time. Really melodic and beautiful. Yeah, so really, because that didn't really, sound like it. 
No, that that's that's much more kind of guitar stuff. But yeah, there's loads of other that's very wow. different to that and very kind of Fleet Foxes loving. I have to I have to throw in that it is a recurring theme at the moment of bands being in trouble. And one of the reasons for that is streaming and streaming is in the news this week, too. With uh, in the UK, there's an inquiry in the UK about it, and all the big names like Guy Garvey from the Elbow and people from Radiohead and Gomez are coming forward and saying that it's really, it's really genuinely destroying music. And some of the things they're pointing out, when you sign a record deal, you always sign on ninety percent. It's it's just written into into stone that you, whatever e- revenue you'll get, it'll be based on ninety percent of your earnings. And the reason was these put ten percent aside for breakages with vinyl and CD. Well, there are no meaningful vinyl sales and there's almost no CD sales, but they're still doing the contracts on nine. And this is Spotify doing the contracts on, on 90%. You know, it's it's still crazy and it's destroying music. And the artists are getting pitiful amounts, the smaller artists. Yeah, is that, is that who's, who's losing out, Tom? Like I, you mentioned yes, Taylor Swift. She's, she can make a fortune off streaming, obviously. Yeah. But but like Fontaine's DC, right, they might be doing well with a Grammy nod, but but that type of band who are trying to break into the scene, like it must be, they're the ones who, who lose out. Yeah, they are. Nadine Shah was one of the people giving evidence um, at the inquiry and she's a big name. Her album is brilliant and she's making no... Um, you know, bones about the fact she's really struggling. She was trying to get a job with the PPI over in England and didn't get it and she's got on about that. But even Emma Swift, who I've been raving about in the past, she's having to make her album available digitally, which she was trying not to do because it's the only place, it's the only marketplace. It's it's where you have to go. There's no avoiding streaming. It's it's the future. It's all there is. But the, the way they're spreading out the money is really, really bad. And it's having a really genuinely negative effect that's mm. driving young, brilliant talent out of the business. And that is bad. Bad for yeah, all of us. It is bad for all of us. Look, we'll, 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 we'll move on to a positive thing. And now we don't have a gig of the week. We have this, though. Great Shane McGowan at the Pope, yeah. Pair of Brown Eyes. Why are we playing that? Uh, Julian Temple, the brilliant documentary maker who's done documentaries on the Sex Pistols and the Joe, uh, Joe Strummer in the past, has just released one called Croc of Gold. Now it's going into cinemas next uh, Friday because the cinemas are supposed to open next week. That's what we're hearing. Yeah. And if that all goes to plan next Friday, I think it's the 4th of December, uh, it'll be opening in cinemas, Crocs of Gold. And I really recommend going along to see it because it's, it's not only fascinating, but it's very entertainingly done. He's put in loads of animation with it which is animating little bits of our kind of past Cucullin and stuff like this, and then putting Shane McGowan in the middle of that. And it's funny, it works. It creates this kind of arc of, you see the Irish nation developing. You see him growing up the first six years of his life in really rural Tipperary. You, you won't believe how rural exactly it was when he was growing <laughs> up. Um, then over to the UK, you have the Irish experience in the UK, and I have to say a very bad experience, both him and his family. And then Punk Rock nearly saves him. And then the Pogues begin. And what's really brilliant about it is he puts it in perspective of how his ideas of giving, as he's called, the traditional Irish music a kick up the arse, it managed to catch the experiences of the Irish diaspora around the world at the time. Uh, and he caught it brilliantly. And it was like the world was just ready for it when it arrived. That leads to Fairy Tale, which is in this. And that is a, that is a great story 
of Irish experiences in the world. It's amazing how he did it. And the story tells it great, but you have to see from 1988 onwards. There's a real turning point in 88. Touring and being in a band and the success of Fairytale, it wreaks devastation on him. And you see physically him in early day punk rock mode with the Pogues and him in later mode looking absolutely destroyed. His body has paid and his mind a really high price for that success. Yeah. And it's fascinating hearing him make, you know, no bones about it and saying, this is the way I want it. This is the way I would have done it. He almost sees himself as an Irish martyr. So um, it's, a, it's a brilliant insight into the Pogues world. Yeah. And Julian Temple will be on my show next Thursday night as well, oh, telling look, us all about it. Look forward to that and the documentary uh, when it comes out, Crock of Gold. Uh, what's your tip of the week before you go? It's uh, Thin Lizzy, a new box set. I know it's a recurring theme, but this is a brilliant box set. You feel almost intrusive with this. It's old recordings, demo sessions, Ray RTE sessions in 1973. Beautiful stuff. And a recreation of all the um, programmes from their tours, which I loved. They came with ads for these fantastic stereo systems from the early 70s, reel-to-reel machines and big record decks and big speakers and all of that. But it's a beautiful look into the world of Tin Lizzy and demo tapes that you've never heard before. And Tin Lizzy fans, it just is a really, really beautiful thing. Tom Don, as always, thanks a million for that. Look forward to our chat next week. We'll get the latest news headlines now, though. Here's Eamon. 